Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to MustReadAlaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Welcome, everybody, to the Must Read Alaska show. I'm your host, John Quick, coming to you live from somewhere in Alaska. And we have a triple header for you today. This morning, we had Kelly Chewbacca. And to right now, we get to have Senator Shelley Hughes. But before we go into that, I want to thank everybody that listens, watches, and reads Must Read Alaska. We do this to help spread conservative news through all the nooks and crannies of Alaska. And if you want to help keep the lights on here at Must Read Alaska, head over to mustreadalaska.com. And on the right-hand side there, there's a little donate button. You can $5, $10, $100, every little donation helps keep the lights on here. We're not funded by a nonprofit dark web money conglomerate. We're just funded by everyday folks who care about conservative news. So if that is you, we want to thank you for helping keep the lights on here. But without further ado, we have a champion for conservative values, Senator Shelley Hughes. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska show. Hey, happy to be here. Happy to update you. It's been a while, so we're overdue. Glad you invited me. Well, I'm very excited that you're here. I think one of the things um, people would love to hear is, you know, last year you were in the majority. You had a leadership position. This year, there's three of you in the minority. Tell folks about how that went in the minority, because I think a lot of conservatives were very proud that you three stuck together and stuck to your principles. But talk to me about how it went, um, you know, um, obviously a little different than the year before, but give us kind of a behind the curtains peek of, of what it looks like to be in the minority of a very strong set of three folks who stuck to their values. Yeah, um, uh, three type A personalities for sure. So it was quite an adjustment. Um, I tell it like it is. And it took a, a few weeks, I think, really to get our footing and um, to, to understand coming from Senate Majority Leader to being in, in a, a small minority, which is unrecognized, right? Because when you're less than five, you're not um, given a committee assignments, you're not recognized on the floor in the same way. So um, don't have a seat at the conference committee, don't have a seat at the finance table. So um, our role was to be the voice for the more than 65% of voters who wanted a Republican majority. And so we had a lot of support, a huge following. And um, our our two main goals that, that we talked about is um, being a voice for those folks and offering um, an alternative and better op way than what the um, Senate majority was offering at the time. So whether it was education funding um, or any other policy, what they were were laying out, we offered a better way to go. Now, did they follow us? No, they did not. But I tell you, we stirred up a lot of um, conversations. We understood, for instance, when I made the plea to the Senate chambers that we would be um, neglecting our constitutional duty um, with our school children, if we didn't tie any new school funding to learning outcomes, 
there were a lot of majority members who actually agreed with that. But in the end, they ultimately listened to NEA and neglected that. However, we had our allies and that's the, the great thing, John. We were a small minority, but we were had our allies in the governor's office and in the House majority. So we weren't truly alone. Um, we had good relationships with those other two um, parts of the three-legged stool where the Senate majority what struggled in those departments. So um, yeah, it, it was a good year. We, we built a great Senate minority website. Alaska Senate minority encouraged people to look at that. There was time to delve into some of the matters and, and really tease things out and explain to folks what was going on. So I think there was um, an increased understanding among a lot of conservatives of what, of what was going uh, on down in Juneau because we were able to take the time to communicate in a more thorough way uh, the problem. Well, I, I was uh, very thankful that you three were there and you were very informative. And, uh, you know, we can hope for maybe better elections down the road that we can get back into a conservative majority. But Tell, tell me your take on kind of how the end of session went, because I think a lot of folks that saw that thought that it just didn't necessarily play out um, really amazing or what they thought would be fair, as I think, you know, basically it came down to the last day. I think maybe the House and this, the Senate um, were maybe seeing eye to eye on the budget. But tell me your take kind of from the outside looking in of seeing all this happen. And and um, being one of three that really stuck to your values during the process and didn't have to didn't really have to do much with the Senate's shenanigans as it relates to the budget. Well, case in point, when the motion was made to adopt the the Senate's version of the budget, which folded in the capital budget, which was robbing the House of the opportunity to weigh in on the capital budget. I objected to, to that adoption. Of course, um, they moved to adopt it anyway, but the point was um, our constitution sets up a house and a Senate as the two components of the legislative branch with the intention that there would be check and balance between the two and the way things were um, manipulated. The house didn't get its fair shake at it. So um, very much uh, opposed to that, let folks know, um, and in the end, how it came down, um, I was one of the ones that is a firm believer that it's we're far overdue getting our fiscal house in order. I think it's going to be very, very tough until we win some seats back. Um, there is a, a fascinating article that Ed King just wrote yesterday. I would encourage people to read it. It talks about the Robin Hoods, the Hammonds and the Hickles and the kind of the three groups as far as the fiscal plan and how to get that forward and explains why um, we are where we are and it hasn't been settled. Um, but that that was what I was holding out for. I felt like the House had would have had the best opportunity if they would have had some of those tools put on the table, even in a special session. Um, they could have forced the hand of the Senate majority in, in a way that we might have seen a different outcome. As it turned out, um, we kind of went the regular old way without really addressing those fiscal opponents. A lot of conversation about them, though. A lot of conversation, but a conversation isn't the same as actually settling on some of them and moving them through the process. So that was disappointing. But, you know, 
I, I, I would say, John, for the last, I don't know, month, six weeks, I kept waking up. I, I woke up one morning and it kind of stuck with me through the end of the session and even now, and it's um, uh, let's not grow weary and well-doing for in due season, we will reap if we faint not. And that's kind of where I feel like we are. It, it was an uphill struggle to, to a great degree, but we know what Alaska needs. And I really do feel we do have the vast majority of Alaskans behind us. They just have to recognize that. And that's one of the things that during campaign season, um, you think last in 2022, how flooded the airways were um, with all the things on, on the table with the Murkowski race, um, an open Congress seat that hadn't been really been the case for 50 years, the Constitutional Convention question, and then because of redistricting 59 legislators. So it was, I think it was, it was a little tough for voters to sort out. So I am hoping this next round, um, there'll be a little bit better um, communication and people really figuring out who, who they want. Because I, you know, John, <laughs> I was thinking about it. I don't think a single person who voted yes on the budget knocked on a door and said, hey, <laughs> I'm going to give myself a 67% raise and hey, I'm going to take two thirds of your PFD. So, you know, that's not what people campaigned out on. So there's going to be a different conversation in 2024. Yeah, that's, I love the way that you put that because I, that's the kind of conversations I've been having with just folks where I live. And uh, man, that really breaks it down real quick that did your Senator or your house person run on getting a huge raise and taking three quarters of your permanent fund probably not so let's rethink who is your elected official if you don't want that to happen again i love the way you just put that there so what are your plans for the summer senator um are you out and about all summer um i'm sure you have probably constituent meetings talk to me about what your summer looks like Yeah, I just returned from a national uh, a meeting on cybersecurity, uh, learned a lot about AI and what's happening there. It was incredibly informative. It's important for states to stay on top of that. And right now I'm actually in the Coeur d'Alene uh, area watching grandchildren and um, we'll be home again. But yeah, I've got some fishing down in the Kenai planned. Um, some good, good stuff with family and I'm just going to enjoy the Alaska summer along with connecting with constituents, you know, with our capital being where it is, you, it's the, the interim time is the time we get to be around folks. So I try to make it to the senior centers, to the chambers, um, to the, the different community events this coming weekend is colony days in Palmer, a great time for people to come out and, and enjoy some hometown fun. And um, yeah, that's Friday, Saturday and Sunday. So that that's a you know Palmer's just a great little town and we love to host a lot of visitors so um, hope to see some folks there. Nice. Well, what what uh, you know what keeps you going? What what are you hopeful for for Alaska? I know that every um, I try to ask this question to most of the folks that come on the show, and lots of great and interesting answers. But what keeps you going, and what are you hopeful for for the state of Alaska in the future? Well, um, 
I am hopeful that people are going to wake up to um, what, you know, to really stop and think about what they want their state to look for. And one of the pressing issues right now happening this week, in fact, and I have been a champion and been fighting and working actually with our state board of education regarding girls sports. So um, that that is something I, I hope that that Alaskans will understand uh, the kind of the cultural situation that we're in. It's not just the fiscal problems that we have, but what do we want this state to look like as far as where we raise our, our families, um, what our schools are like, where we send our children. And I think there's some decisions to make. And I think as more parents become aware of what is going on um, right now, the national numbers for and protecting girls sports, for instance, is well over 70%. But you won't hear that because people shy away. They're concerned they'll they'll the cancel culture, the bullying will happen if they say much. But people would be shocked the number of people who identify as liberals, Democrats, even as identify as transgenders, have reached out to me and they say support my position. They think it's the right. But you wouldn't know that if if you watch and you listen to the conversation that's out there right now. So um, my hope is that Alaskans will. Um, think about the kind of state we do not want to turn into California. I am convinced that there might be a handful of people that wouldn't mind that, but the vast majority of Alaskans do not want that. And I think that we will see um, more people wake up in 2024. I think 2026 will it will also take, I think it's going to take some persistence. And that's why we can't grow weary because we can't we can't turn this around in one election cycle, as you know, ranked choice voting will still be in place. One of the, the things to me that was um, good news was that DC Democrats don't want ranked choice voting because they understand just like ranked choice voting will turn a, a blue, uh, a red state blue, ranked choice voting will turn a blue area like DC red. Mm -hmm. And so I think as there's greater recognition um, of that, and as Kelly Chewbacca is working her way around the country with that message, I think there, there will be more resistance to ranked choice voting. And um, I am hopeful that we can turn that over, but of course that won't kick in then until 2026. So it's really, really important, John, that Alaskans understand everything that is at stake they understand what has happened the last few years. They understand that even though 65% of them, for instance, chose a Republican for the state Senate, the majority is not controlled by the Republicans. Those are kind of things that people are busy, busy going to work, um, taking care of kids. Norm, you know, the rest of the year, they're getting the kids off to school. This time they're, um, you know, planning fun outside and um, enjoying the long summer days. But at the same time, people have to recognize that um, what has happened the last few years and make a decision. Do we want to keep going this direction or do we need to right the ship? And I think Alaskans are going to want to right the ship. Well, I appreciate your take on that. We um, 20 minutes has gone by fast. Do you have any last minute thoughts here before we head out? Um. Um, I just look forward to connecting to people and appreciate what you do. Appreciate Must Read Alaska. You can read and learn things you don't see uh, elsewhere. So it's always good to know. I would encourage people to let the State Board of Education know that you uh, understand the biological differences between men and women. You want Title IX upheld as it was originally intended to do. 
and um, that you weigh in and support our coaches, support our districts, because um, the left is going to try to come after this, but we got to do the right things for the sake right now of our fourth grade girls, our seventh grade girls who are looking to um, really practice and work hard, go to summer camps. We want them to be able to have a, a fair shot at it when they get to high school. So let's stick together on that issue and everyone have a great summer. Well, I really appreciate you joining us, Senator Shelley Hughes. Uh, and I appreciate all the work you do down in Juneau and in your district. Uh, folks, thank you so much for reading, watching, uh, and listening to Must Read Alaska. Again, if you want to help to keep the lights on here at Must Read Alaska, head over to mustreadalaska.com. On the right-hand side, there's a little donate button. You can click on that. Every $5, $10, $100 helps spread conservative news for all the nooks and crannies in Alaska. And uh, until next time, I'm John Quick from somewhere in Alaska. Thank you so much, Senator Shelley Hughes.